Welcome to Prophets on a Potter's Wheel. This is your host and man of God, Aaron Miller. Today we're going to focus on a particular scripture from 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. It's a, a familiar scripture, but we're going to really dissect it and really get into the instructions behind the scripture. Uh, it says, verse 14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. But we're going to go to the scripture before that. We're going to go to verse 13. It says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. People of God, I must tell you this. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it says there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new underneath the sun. Just like we're uh, 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 suffering with a plague or or, or a virus now, the children of Israel uh, uh, went through the same thing. This is the reason why we have biblical history so we don't make the same mistakes as our forefathers did. But it doesn't always work that way. But, you know, due to disobedience, we fall in the same rut as our, our ancestors. But here... It says, if my people, now when you say, when the scriptures say, if my people, it's talking to a certain group of people. Right here, the Lord has singled out his people. He's talking to the believers. He's talking to the Christians. He's talking to the ones that are able or supposed to be able to hear his voice. Because Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. So these people should be able to hear his voice. These are the people singled out and, and Christians and, and believers. Uh, uh, I realize this, that the, the world is going to do what the world's going to do. But see, the church, and I don't mean the church as an edifice. I'm talking about the church as the body, the body of Christ has an assignment. We have a different mandate than the world. So, so God is calling us, if my people... Who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. It says, will humble themselves. How do we humble ourselves? We have to ask ourselves that how do we humble ourselves? In Romans 12, it says, uh, I present myself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. That's one way you can humble yourselves, is present yourself as a living sacrifice. Using yourself as a living sacrifice, that means that God, can God use you? Can God use you for his work? The Lord is not going to use anything that's vile. The Lord is not going to use anything that's dirty. We all, we all fall short from the glory of God. But the thing about that, the thing about being righteous is being able to know when you're wrong and be able to repent when you're wrong and say when you're wrong. And ask God for forgiveness. That's the that's the difference between being righteous and being good. I don't I don't want to be good. I want to be righteous with God because when I'm righteous, I have a relationship with Him. So when I when I fall short, I can go to the Father and say, Father, forgive me for I have I have sinned. I have fallen short of Your glory. Can You forgive me? Restore to me a right spirit. When you have a relationship, we can do that. Humble themselves. Another thing we, we suffer with in the, 
in the, in the body of Christ is self-righteousness. How can we humble ourselves when we always think we're right about something? We always think, I, I, I didn't do anything. I, I follow the laws of Christ. I do this and I, and I do that. We have to get out of the legalistic mindset as the Pharisees and the Sadducees had with Jesus. See, just because you follow the ordinance and the statutes of the law, the Lord says your heart wasn't right. So if your heart wasn't right and you still following the, 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 uh, the ordinance and laws of God, you still can't go into the kingdom because your heart is not right. The Lord says, I give you a new commandment. That is a commandment of love. And if I don't have love in my heart, the Lord cannot use me for his work and his ministry. And it says, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Seek my face. How do we seek God's face? Through prayer. Through prayer. If we go through life never seeking God's face, we live in a life on our own accord. If we never seek, if we don't seek God for direction, if we don't seek God for, for decision, if we don't seek God for, for a vision in our life, then we are relying on our own accord. So how can you God use, how can God use a vessel that's not willing to submit to him? To submit to his will. See, when you submit yourself and humble yourself to God, you submitting your ambition to him. You submitting your will to him. Everything you submitting to him so he can use you as he, as he sees fit. But we have problems with that. It's so, hard, it's so hard for us to submit to God. Because we have to have everything in our hands. We have to place our hands on everything. We have to put our hands in everything. Don't you know when we place our hands in a situation, we just mess it all up? And we tell God. We say, Lord. I'm taking my hands out of it and give it back to you. But soon as things look a little bumpy, as soon as things look a little shaky, we want to put our hands back in it. As if we're telling God, no, I got it because you can't handle it. We have to reevaluate ourselves. And it says, turn from your wicked ways. Turn from your wicked ways. Now, if I humble myself to God, I'm going to God with a repentant heart. It says that God doesn't respond to bulls and altar sacrifices. He responds, he responds to a broken and contrite heart. A broken and contrite heart. That means a heart of repentance. A heart of repentance. And if you turn away from your wicked ways. 1 Timothy 5 and 24 tells us that the sin of some are obvious, reaching judgment ahead of them. The sin of others trail behind them. See, just because you can't see the consequences of your sin right now doesn't mean that they're not consequences. Hmm. Just because you don't see the consequences of your sin right now does not mean that there aren't any consequences. Let's put this in the, in the in, in physical world, there's, there's laws that we abide by in this physical world. When you break a law, there's a consequence that follows that law. 
same thing in the spiritual realm. There's when we break a law and the principle of God, there's consequences that follow behind the law that we broke. But see, sometimes I believe as Christians, we take God for granted because he's so merciful and it's because he loves us. He loves us unconditionally and he wants the best for us. So we take it for granted. But I tell you today that God is not to be mocked. God is not to be mocked. Then he say, if you change from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. See behind this, this, this scripture here, there, there are so many instructions. And, and, I, and I love God for this because God doesn't just put you out there. He gives you instructions behind the scripture. Now the thing about it is, can we follow the instructions? Okay, we can pray. We have no problem praying, but can we humble ourselves? Can we can we change our heart? Because I'll tell you this, if you call yourself praying and your heart is hard, your prayers are going right to the ceiling. God does not hear you. Prayer with all supplication, praying for one another. Let your heart be open. Remove the barrier and, and whatever you have on your heart. Whatever somebody did to you that made you bitter. Whatever somebody said to you that you're holding resentment in your heart. I'm telling you right now to let it go. Let it go. Because it's not worth damnation on your soul. It's not. Jesus came with a new commandment. And that's the commandment of love. Of love. We no longer live by the law. We live by the commandment of love. Love ye one another. That's the first phase of humility. How can I be humble if I don't love? And I want to pray with a hard heart? We cannot pray with a hard heart. The only thing we could pray when our heart is hard is say, Lord, take this bitterness out of my heart. Soften my heart, Lord Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my heart. That's how you relieve the bitterness and relieve the resentment. And everything the law says, the word says, cast all your infirmities upon me. When you cast your infirmities upon God, you're giving everything to God. See, the thing about it is, is that we want to hold it ourselves and think we can fix it. But we have to give everything to God. If, it, if somebody did you something, if you're dealing with something that happened in your childhood, or if you, you're dealing with anything, a relationship or addiction. Give your infirmities to God. Because you cannot fix them yourself. If you could have fixed them yourself, you'd have been delivered from them. But give all your infirmities to God. Because when you give your infir- first when you give your infirmity of infirmities to God, you have to tell God what the infirmity is. Oh. And sometimes that, that secret sin. See, that, see, that secret sin is the one that gets us. The one, we don't mind telling everybody else what we do, but to see that secret sin that we keep to ourselves, that we don't disclose, that's the one that kills you. That's the one that kills you, that secret sin. But you got to confess that secret sin. Whatever that secret sin is to God, you got to confess that sin to God. And once you confess that sin to God, you have shed light on that sin because the enemy can only function in darkness. 
See, if you keep it to yourself and don't confess it to God, you're still in darkness. And wherever there's darkness, that's where the enemy is. But when you confess it to God, you brought it to light. And wherever the light shines, that's where God is. Turn from your wicked ways. Whatever those wicked ways are. Wicked ways. See, we should learn in biblical history from our our, our ancestors and our forefathers, the, the Israelites, how many things have they done? Many of the afflictions are the righteous, but God delivers them from them all. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them from them all. See, not only that God, see, the Lord had to allow this to happen. We know Job, don't we? We know Job. See, Satan had to go and talk to the father and said, consider my servant Job. And the Lord had to take the hedge of protection from around him so the enemy could get to him. But I say the Lord had to allow it. I want to tell you today, you must understand that God gets tired. The Lord gets tired. Even though he's a merciful God, even though he's a a God that loves you unconditionally, even though he's a God that's, that's so bountiful to you, he gets tired. And he wants the plan for his life to, for your life to be fulfilled. He said, I know the plans I have for you to prosper you. To prosper you in good health. If we look in Leviticus chapter 26, I challenge you. I challenge you to read Leviticus chapter 26. It breaks it down, especially the NIV version. It breaks it down. It says the the, the reward for obedience and a punishment for disobedience. The Lord always gives you a choice. He gives you a choice. But he's saying, choose him. Choose him. He always gives you a a situation to where you can rectify your wrong. You can rectify your wrong. Because it's not like God haven't gave you opportunity, opportunity, opportunity to get yourself together. Get yourself together. Opportunity after opportunity. That all of a sudden God has to lift his hand off of you. Because of your disobedience. And that's what happens. Your rebelliousness has caused the affliction upon your life. Sometimes when we're disobedient, only a good father will chastise. Only a father that loves his child will chastise his child. Don't never be upset when when the father rebukes you. Or when a father chastises you. Don't never be upset with that. Because the father chastises whom he loves. Now you know if you keep on going wrong and keep on doing wrong. And nothing happens. And you don't get no chastisement from the father. That's when you ought to be worried. That's when you ought to be worried. But I tell you again. The father chastises whom he loves. The Father gives us an opportunity to repent of our sins. It says if if we 
turn from our wicked ways. Then he will heal from heaven and forgive our sins and heal their land. What he's talking about their land. That's each individual. He's talking about your situation. Your land is your situation. Your land is your household. Your, your, Your land is that affliction that you're going through. But you have to follow the instructions. If my people. He's calling out to the people of God. Who are called by his name. Will humble, humble themselves. Humble, humble. Soften your heart. Soften your heart. Humility. Get rid of self-righteousness. Get rid of biblical legalism. Pray. Pray to God. The disciples asked the question and said, Lord, ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. And that's where the Our Father prayer came came in. See, the Our Father prayer was a blueprint for prayer. It's a blueprint. See, Jesus gave us a blueprint and and, and showed us how to pray. So if you take that blueprint and expound on that blueprint that he's given you, and put in your needs and put in your the things that you want God to, to, to do for you in your life so you could be more in his will. It's a blueprint. The Father gives you everything that you need. Then he says, seek my face. In times like this, we ought to be seeking God's face. How do we see God's face? We build a relationship with him. Every time, see a relationship means... There's a key word in relationship, and that's relate. And there's a dialogue that has to happen. But sometimes we're the one who does all the talking. Sometimes we got to listen. We got to listen to God. Seek his face. Lord, what do you want me to do for the day? Well, how do you want me to do this? I want to do everything in your will. Direct me and show me, Father. But we sometimes we get so busy, busy with the I wants. Or bless me with this and bless me with that and bless me with it. What about what God wants for his will? And he said, turn from your wicked ways. I explained to you what Timothy said in 1 Timothy 5 and 24. That some sins are obvious. Reaching judgment ahead of the person. And some sins trail behind them. Sin. The wages of sin is death, spiritual death. In some instances, physical death. Sin is a thing that we we have been dealing with since the, the beginning of time. Ever since Adam and Eve, we've been dealing with sin. Sin is the true plague. Sin is the true virus. But sin, sin needs a, something to feed on. The Bible says don't give the enemy a foothold. If we give him a foothold, well, that's, that's one sin that we committed. Then sin leads up to other sin. Then it's a snowball effect. We have to be mindful of, of, our, of sin. Sin. The Bible says that the press says, Lord, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us forgive us because how do we expect God to forgive us when we don't forgive others 
And the most important part of that scripture, when the Father says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. Heaven is already established. But to have the heaven on earth, he has to have vessels to use. He has to have vessels to be able to enforce his will. But if every vessel, but if every vessel that he attempts to use is riddled with sin and riddled with wickedness, what does God have to use? I believe it was in the book of Ezekiel. The Lord was saying, do I have somebody to stand in the gap for these people so I don't have to destroy them? That's how much wickedness they had in the world. The law was asked, I don't want to destroy them. Is there anybody, any intercessor that will stand up in the gap for these people so I won't have to destroy them? Hmm. Father, don't let us get in another situation like that, Father. Father, I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus, raise intercessors, Father God. Raise men and women in a gap, Father God, to pray for this nation in the name of Jesus, Father God. Thank you. We have to come into alignment, body of Christ. And once we come into alignment, we will have that forgiveness of sin. And then our Father will be able to heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen.